One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When I was a kid, my dad was a cop. Then he was in forensics. Then he was a New South Wales firefighter. This season of Loose Units is called Hot Stuff Coming Through. And apart from having an incredibly cool and stupid name, it's going to reveal the untold side of being a firefighter in Australia. Enjoy. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Loose Units Hot Stuff Coming Through. I'm Paul Verhoeven, and my dad, John Verhoeven, used to be a firefighter, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff he went through. Dad, how are you doing today? I'm absolutely top shelf. Top shelf. That's uh, that's yep. definitely going on the lunchbox. We've um, mm. we've had a lot of people saying that they want some good loose units merch, and the two choices for slogans that would be emblazoned on things would be top shelf and from asshole to breakfast. I think. Mm. I love from asshole to breakfast. I don't. I'm not quite sure what it means. <laughs> but... You make it sound like a cereal, you know. Let me think about this. Would Kellogg's sponsor from asshole to breakfast? I don't mm. know. I didn't... Well, you would not. need some kind of, like, you could have almost, like, two different types of cereals in the shapes of our faces, like, smiling as you mm. whammed them into your gob. What is that noise outside? Oh, there's someone doing some tree lopping. Oh, God. I mean, as a person who used to drive around big trucks, do you ever, is there, like, a secret, like, a switch you can press or, like, a kind of, you know how people hide their key in the same spot under, like, a doormat? You is mean there go a secret- out and turn, like, just sabotage? <laughs> Sabotage? Sabotage. 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 Do you mean go out and sabotage all their equipment? I don't want you to hurt anyone. I just want you to turn it off. Yeah, no, no, I can't. Um, There was actually a great moment. Dad and I had just finished doing a talk over at Nova about the podcast. And we were heading back down to your apartment. And this council worker truck, this, this big, like, council gardening truck pulls up and this lovely guy runs out and he's like holy shit john and paul loose units and then it was he like, amazing it and was amazing just, and but the funny thing and weird thing was that he stopped all the traffic he created chaos he did yes because he yes. didn't care which as a you know as an ex-cop you were perfectly suited to kind of um fix really mm, he was just mm. creating a problem you could fix but i guess what i'm saying is dad if it's his truck just let it go just let it run I will. And also, Paul, what one needs to consider is that these guys outside doing the the tree lopping, um, there's this really unusual, and some of the listeners will probably know about this and others will not, but there's Mm. a technique that tree loppers use, and I've seen really uh, experienced um, some some of the fireys do it. Mm. Have you ever thought about when you're up a tree how you'd start a chainsaw? Um, like, because it takes two hands. One hand is on the trigger, mm. and the other hand you grab the uh, the pull pull thing. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound very technical, okay. but um, people know what I mean. Like like the old fashioned motor mowers. Um, we, I mean, I wonder if they still have pull starts. In fact, in the really early days, like Victor motor mowers, 
<laughs> what are you talking about? No, he just 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 bear with me. Okay. Um, you'd get this like a wooden little handle with a rope with uh-huh. a knot in the end of it, uh-huh. and you'd actually attach the knot in this little weird cutaway section on top of the drive shaft, and you'd wrap this rope around the old-fashioned motor mower, and you'd you'd pull it. Right. And pull start. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, although I do have a question. Mm-hmm. What's this got to do with firefighting? Good question. Um, <laughs> no, no, but as the listeners know, yeah, yeah, yeah. eventually I do come back to the point. Well, that's the... That, I mean, in an ideal... In an mm. ideal but, but half the fun, I think, um, and listeners may also uh, agree, mm. hopefully, that it's pretty... It's good fun. You're not wrong, Dad. Going on that, that, that mini trip. It's a wacky because, let's face it, not a lot of us are travelling at the moment. And, and to come on a, a tiny trip with me That's not... is not quite as... <laughs> no, it's one thing to, to like drift out your window and fly across to Paris or Tokyo mm. or New York. But Actually, running, go... on the, running on the beach this morning at Manly, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was the sweetest thing. And you know, you see things in life that are sort of... You just see it and spontaneously... Um, <laughs> Not combusting, but this couple were on the on the grass and they yep. were doing the weirdest exercise that I've ever, ever seen. They were flapping their arms, lying on their stomachs with their feet in a weird sort of backward position. But I looked down and just as so quickly, I just saw them and I said, if you go a bit faster, you'll take off. They laughed. Okay. Did they believe you? No, but it was funny. <laughs> what the fuck's this got to do with anything? That's what anyway, I'm asking, Dad. No, I'm sorry. If, no, but if back the to the chainsaw. I guess I have to ask, what does this have to do with firefighting? <laughs> if the answer is nothing, I'm going to be very upset. It's, um, not, it's nothing, is no, it? No, that's... Well, that's... it's. We were pertaining, talking about the noise outside. Yeah, sure. What I would like to do, Dad, is sort of dive into a story that you told me a couple of months back, but you kind of stopped halfway because you thought it was going to mess me up a little bit. Mm. It had to do with not being adequately prepared mm. for it's a, tough, a... It's a tough story. I know that the listeners haven't heard um, any particularly horrific stories, perhaps, you know, like my really, really bad ones Yeah, from before. But I thought I'd pull one out because I was also um, and, and mindful of, of the current situation, you know, with people feeling uh, perhaps a little bit, you know. A little know, bit, ups- yeah, a little bit sensitive. About life in general. Yeah. And and I'm trying to sort of remain relatively chipper. And I just thought that I didn't want to sort of bring the whole show down. Okay. It's like, you know, you know, when we do the live shows yeah. and you always say to me, look, Dad, perhaps don't start with something really, really Bad. Intense. Yeah, you want to kind of build up to that stuff, you know? Yeah, and that's, yeah. 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 So, if I may use an analogy, um, a, a very short, I promise it's a relatively short <laughs> if it, one. If it has to do with tree lopping, we might no, have no, finally no. got this Nothing back Nothing to do with tree loppers, but the thing okay. is, Paul, that, I mean, when you fly on a commercial flight, the captain and co-pilot, mm-hmm. they go through a checklist that is very, very extensive. Yeah. And we're all sitting in the back of the plane just saying, look, for God's sake, let's just get this thing in the air and get to where we're going. Mm-hmm. But the pilots, they have an international um, you know, set of, set of rules and each plane uh, you've got to be certified for. And a lot of these great pilots, they get checked by a check captain every four weeks to sure. maintain that incredibly high 
standard and and everyone's really really happy at the back of the plane yeah knowing that they're they're well trained but imagine if they decided um to skip a few of those little tasks those now, checks why might why might they do that well like, they why, shouldn't no but i'm saying what kind well, of there, things there, can there could people? be a situation where for example um like in stephen king's film the langoliers i don't That's know a, is it Stephen King or Dean Koontz? It's one of those. No, two. Stephen King. Stephen King. Okay. Where basically, okay, imagine you're on the tarmac. Yep. And imagine there's a there's like a virus mm-hmm. that actually creates zombies. And imagine oh. the zombies have overrun the airport. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in your comfy seat. <laughs> this had better fucking land. If no, I promise it will. And the thing is, the okay. thing is, Paul, that. Yeah, yeah. In that situation with zombies running onto the tarmac, it would be probably quite acceptable for the crew to yeah. skip some of the uh, the things on the checklist and perhaps just go, you know what, we're just going to take off. Let me get this straight, Dad. You're saying that it's not okay to skip the kind of tiny important steps in preparing for things unless it's zombies, in which case I understand your mm. stress levels. Uh, I just gave zombies an ex- as an example. So my, I- my point, back to my point, is that under, I mean, technically, yeah. you'd say that there are no excuses to, to, to take shortcuts. But would you not want them to take a shortcut if there were, you know, if it was a life and death situation? Right. I, th- I feel like you're reaching Abe Simpson levels of digression here, but please do go on. Okay, so it's the same <laughs> in emergency services. Uh, okay, you so come on mo- shift. Yep, yep. If yep. you're the motor driver mm-hmm. in the fire brigade, yep. it is your job to check that everything is spot on. Okay. That there's oxygen, air, and dare I say it, probably the most important thing, and there could be fires out there that may differ, may beg to differ, but water? I think water yeah. is paramount. So you're carrying around about 1,800 litres mm-hmm. on the back of an appliance, and that's called first aid, because as the listeners probably know, that's the fire. That's the water you're going to use. So, yeah. what happens at a fire? And we've been through this a few times, but let's just go over it once more. The fire brigade get the job. First station responds. Yep. There's an actual fire, and the two fires in the back seats will don their breathing apparatus, their cabers. Uh huh. They will then grab a line of thirty-eight. When, when people hear me say a line of 38, that's simply a 38 millimeter diameter hose. hose. Yeah. And they will go straight in um, under most circumstances and they'll go into the fire. Okay, they are operating off the first aid tank. So they might have, depending on the pressure, generally the motor driver will give them 400 kPa to start with. Yeah. They're inside, they're working away, they're looking for the seat of the fire, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, that that sun, that beautiful white glowing ball. And at a certain point, they're going to run out of water. Let's say they've got maybe, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but let's let's work on the premise they've got five minutes of water. Now, that's nowhere near enough time, particularly if they have to carry out search and rescue. They might hear someone screaming inside that, and then they have to go into the, the hole, you know, trying to extricate, trying to locate that person. Yeah. Could be a young kid hiding in a cupboard, you know, 
that sort of thing. Yep. Now, the poor motor driver, I say poor, he's working under immense stress. Stress like you can't imagine. And is motor driver, were were you ever a motor driver? Yeah, all the time. Okay, so you you know the pressures associated with this. Probably a thousand times or more. Okay, okay. Now, the motor driver's job is to get water in. That simply means to locate a hydrant. Yep. To run, you know, he's got to crack the hydrant. He's got to, he's got to connect the standpipe. There's a one into two breaching. He's got to, got to get a length or two of seventy, which is twice the diameter approximately of the the hose that the fire is inside the fire are working with. Yes. And he has to get water into the back of the pump, and then he knows that the fireys have got unlimited water. Okay. And they can fight it for... I mean, some fires are fought for days and some are fought for weeks because it's all from the mains. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the job, in fact, um, I sent you a video uh, last week of uh, Darlinghurst that rocked up to a fire. Did you get that video? No. Okay. So what happened was uh, the, the fireys, um, they, they went into this job and the motor driver, once he had everything in order and, and sort of he can sort of chill a little bit, he gets, he's got under, he's, everything's under control, he's monitoring all the gauges, mm-hmm. he's feeling really, really comfortable. What occasionally the fire will do, the motor driver, is he'll then backfill because they've used a lot of the, um, the first aid water, you know, that 1,800 litres. Yes. But it's their job to fill. So he will then divert some of the water from the mains into the first aid tank, uh-huh. and he knows it's full when it overflows. And what happens is it, it just sort of runs onto the road. You can yeah. hear it, you can see it, and he can then shut off that valve knowing that he's got a full tank of water. Great. Because what happens is once they um, finish that particular job and they're heading back to the fire station, who's to say that they don't get another job? Right, so you want to make sure that... Because if the truck had to run straight out to a job and hadn't been filled, they could find themselves in real trouble, Precisely, right? and that okay. is where the listeners are going, thank, thank God, this is where this story begins. Oh, shit. Now, I've known about this story for a long, long time, and it's a really fucked up story, um, and it's a dear, dear friend of mine. Yeah. Um now, I presume you've been given permission to And he has given story. me permission. Okay. Now, he's a very, very dear friend, and he has... I've been aware of this story. In fact, a lot yep. of fireys are aware of this particular story, mm-hmm. but it's one that um, isn't discussed um, in the public domain Okay. for lots of reasons. And I have been asking him for well over a year to give me permission to discuss this story. Mm-hmm. And a few days ago, he said, you can tell the story, <clears throat> but I'm going to change some of the, uh, some of the details okay. for obvious well, reasons. Whenever I, um, when I write the Loose Units books, I'm taking your stories and, you know, changing things up significantly in order to preserve, you know, the, the emotional safety and the kind of, you know, the people that were involved in these cases. Mm. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a courtesy and I think it's the right thing mm. to do, so... Mm. Yeah. So look, I'm going to tell the story now, and the listeners can uh, can listen and just bear in mind that the core facts of the story yep. are spot on. But I'll change certain details, mainly to protect the family. Okay. Of, um, anyway, let's let's get on with the story. 
Yep. So it's around about 2.30 in the morning. Okay. And two young women are heading home. They're shift workers. Yeah. I'm not going to say what, what they did for a living. That's one of the, the facts that I um, am not prepared to divulge. Okay. Uh, and we're going to say that this particular incident happened um, outside of Sydney. Mm-hmm. And they're driving um, a Volkswagen, a Beetle. And that's fairly uh, pertinent in relation to this particular story. Um, there'll be people out there, as soon as I mentioned Volkswagen, may uh, begin to cotton on where this story is going. Okay. So they're heading home. And any for any uh, of the listeners that have ever done shift work, it's it's a tough gig. And But generally speaking, I, I think it's so embedded in our DNA and I think that's why you get tired and that's why shift working presents a whole array of problems insofar as it's, it's, it's tough. I remember um, doing the mid-dawns on Triple J for years and years and, you know, I would start at 11pm and then I would finish at 6am and there's something that happens to your brain during that hour and you just sort of, it's a really weird place to be. Your, your body and mind are not Exactly. Firing and it, can also, it, it can also take you into pretty dark places. Yeah, you get, yeah, you get you very can, negative. You can get a little bit depressed. You can yeah. think about your family. You, you can think about worst-case scenarios. It's just, it's, and imagine being in emergency services. I've already discussed uh, with you and the listeners that sensation um, of getting up at 2 or 3 in the morning and, you know, when I was a relieving fireman, I'd be sitting in the back of some fire engine. No one's talking. Yeah. The windscreen wipers are battering. It's midwinter, and you're off to a shitty, bloody. I mean, just it's shitty for the fire. Is imagine give us give a thought for the the poor people that's houses on fire. Yes. Or or the the terrible you know carnage at a at a motor vehicle accident, whatever. Anyway, these uh, these these girls are um, heading home. The uh, the Volkswagen uh, the driver lost control. Mm-hmm. For reasons we don't know. Okay. Occasionally, one might surmise that perhaps um, she was tired, because that's that's fairly common. I remember when I used to come home from night shifts in the police force from North Sydney, and ironically, in a in a pretty sort of sad sort of way, I I also would I owned a Volkswagen Beetle, mm. and occasionally um, I'd fall asleep at a like you'd stop at the red light on a Sunday cold morning. Yeah. And then um, I'd be woken, if I was lucky, by someone tooting me. And if there was no one around, I know that sometimes I'd slept at the intersection, fallen asleep through multiple sets of lights. It's in the book. Yeah, there's Mm. there's stories about you falling asleep after long, long night shifts in the book. Yeah, and it's tough, you know. And and, and when you're an emergency service worker um, or a pilot working at, you know, going through all those time zones, I mean, we're absolute mental concentration is, is paramount. You've got to mm. hope that people make the right decisions in 100%. this particular... Yeah, and these yeah. two girls, they, they went off off the road and into the bush and um, and the car flipped over. And fortunately, fortunately, uh, a guy in a truck was driving behind and he saw the lights go off the road. Yeah. And he pulled up and he went into the, uh, into the bush and one of the girls had been thrown out of the uh, Volkswagen, but she was relatively uninjured. This is before mobile phones. Plus, even if we had have had mobiles at the time, they probably wouldn't have worked due to the remoteness of this location. Gotcha. Okay. And um, the truck driver assisted the uh, the girl out onto the uh, the road, and she was she was pretty good. And the um, 
the truck driver, he then drove. He left her there because she was pretty well uninjured. And he left her there. But the problem was that um, the driver, um, the other female um, occupant, yes, she was trapped by the arm. Uh, relatively, re- relatively, uh, I mean, not major. She, she, the only injuries she had sustained were that she'd had a trapped arm. Um, you know, there may have been a break or crush injuries, but not. She was, she was totally conscious. Truck driver managed to make his way to um, a phone box, and he dialed triple yep. O. This is back in the day when you had red phone boxes everywhere, and from memory, I'm quite sure the triple O call was free. Eventually, the uh, the fireys um, headed out to this location. There was no lighting, no street lighting. Uh-huh. It's kind of in the bush. And uh, they saw the young girl, the passenger, and she waved them down and the fireys got ready to to go in. When they went in, uh, my friend, he was uh, on the branch, and he, uh, which means he, he dragged the hose, the hose into... Yeah. Now... Here's the thing. It was a Volkswagen Beetle. And yep. for listeners that don't know, there was a fairly extensive period of time in the late 60s, early 70s when Volkswagens, the, the old six-volt Volkswagens, mm-hmm. um, they were notorious for catching on fire. Yes, I'd heard this. Mm. I had a few VWs in my teens and early 20s, and one of my VWs uh, was a green one. It... Um, it caught on fire. Uh, the fire started because the battery used to be under the back seat. Yeah. And it was, a, it was just so weird. But it happened a lot with Volkswagens. And it happened on this particular occasion uh, where, because it was a Volkswagen, we were very... Uh, I say we. God, I wasn't in the fire brigade at the time. But my colleague, um, my friend, he, um, he was talking to the girl. Yeah. And, um, and they couldn't move the Volkswagen because it was pinned up against a tree so they actually couldn't free her until they got a lot of sort of pretty heavy duty gear in Yeah. and back in the day at the time this occurred they would have been waiting for the police rescue mm-hmm. to arrive Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I'm telling this story very, very deliberately and 
cautiously because I don't want any major information in terms of the facts insofar as I don't I'm being very deliberate in thinking carefully as I talk. Yes, I, so I do not want anyone to to cotton on to where it happened. Well, to be fair, I mean, normally you kind of bound and explode through stories. You're very, you know, you 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 just roll through them. But obviously, this is very, you're being very tentative and very mm. careful, and I think yeah. people appreciate because I'm so. I'm also um, very grateful to my yeah. friend mm. for allowing me um, because I'm not in a not a not in a. Uh, it's kind of a story that has some very very. Um, sad consequences but it's also a very good lesson in if you're working in a certain environment always make sure you check your gear that's the upshot so my friend he was with the girl giving her he was consoling her this is the girl trapped by the arm yeah one trapped and as it has to be um restated there Mm -hmm. was nothing at all wrong with her apart from being trapped Okay. And there are plenty of situations where people are trapped. They extricate them and, and they're perfect. Slight problem. The, uh, the Volkswagen um, caught on fire and it began to burn. And my friend uh, screamed, shouted out to the motor driver yep. for uh, water. And I uh, kept screaming and the car's on fire and he kept screaming and the car's burning. And cars don't take that long to... Uh, to completely uh, be engulfed, particularly a tiny little car like yeah. a Volkswagen. When you consider everything inside, there's the fuel tank, there's the lining, everything's plastic, and it's it's and yeah, the, the car was completely uh, engulfed, and he was standing there, and there was no water, no water, and um, so someone had forgotten to fill the. Hang on. Well, what Sorry, happened was um, my friend watched as this young girl was burnt alive, which is pretty fucked up. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a nightmare. And, um, and then, uh, once the whole thing was, um, you know, had finished, uh, you know, eventually, obviously, eventually he got water, um, because also it was in bush. So, you know, that would have then in turn created possibly a bushfire. Did it? No, because they eventually ultimately got some water and then my friend uh, you know, put the fire out. And putting out a car fire, might I say, is at the best of times a nightmare. Why? They are so intense. They are incredibly intense. And, and there's just, you know, the tyres and the tyres explode and, yeah, they and they reach and the, and the glass melts and... Yeah. But the thing that was really bad about this, well, there are lots of things that were bad, but what happened was, uh, you remember how I told you about the time when I was at that job when I um, pulled the guy's, the boy, you know, the, the kid's arms off? Yes. Remember that story? Yes. Well, and then, but I only mentioned that because we required uh, counselling and the senior officer came down and just basically said, well, you're not getting counselling and you're a bunch of idiots and you don't need it and you're not going to yeah. get it on my shift and, yeah. you know, what are you, a bunch of, you know, all that crap. Yeah, yeah. Which was a little bit of a uh, thing back in the day because it was perceived to be a sign of weakness. I mean, just think about all the emergency service personnel in Australia and probably all over the world that up until relatively recently never got any counselling or any help or anything. 
Yeah. I mean, think about the Anzacs that came back in World War Two, and they all just stepped off the boats and just went home, and that was why it. Do you, why do you think there is that stigma that talking about your feelings and talking about bad things that happened is somehow a sign of weakness? Well, it's not anymore, I don't think. In fact, I think it's really positive, and with, particularly with men, yeah. I think it's, um, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to do. And, uh, and, and I think if the more men that do it, particularly men in high profile, like you know, uh, football stars, yeah. like really you know, boxers and racing car drivers and people that are perceived to be really, really very macho, yeah. I think if they can get out there and discuss it, I think it sets a really good example. And it breaks down all the, all the stigma. You so talked that, about, I mean, I, this whole show and the books and everything, the live shows, it's it's all about you basically, you know, talking through things that happened to you that were, I would say, objectively traumatic in many ways. Um, have you found, I mean, do you feel lighter after having done Loose Units for, you know, about two, I think two years now? Are yeah, you feeling, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I um, fortunately, I'm a very positive person. Mm. I mean, the thing is that after this particular job, um, but still at the scene, yeah, a very, very, very bombastic, incredibly senior um, officer in the New South Wales Fire Brigades. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, this is decades ago. He uh, and he he had a bit of a reputation for being, well, a fuckwit, <laughs> and he um, he was an asshole, right. and um, he came down to the scene and he was just carrying on about. What's all the fuss? And he was just being totally had. There was he had no empathy, right? And um, he didn't sort of relate to what was happening. And my friend, who was um, like, so the fire's completely out, and yeah. there's just uh, the charred remains of this this girl. But her arm, which was black and charred, was sticking out from under the car, and this very very senior officer was walking towards the car, oblivious to the fact that maybe it's a like a, it's a scene of a terrible incident and it'll be a coronial inquiry and there'll be big investigations. And um, he was walking towards the car and my friend actually looked down and was quite aware of what was about to happen and the guy accidentally kicked the arm. No. Yeah, and it snapped off. No. Yeah, he kicked it off. What happened to... What do they do? Like what? Well, it's one of those things that's just... That happens and, and my friend just looked and thought, you know, he tried to kind of warn him but... Got to be so... re- there's got to be repercussions for this shit, mm. right? Yeah, that's that's partially why I'm being fairly vague about the whole thing, relatively speaking. Yeah, so that was a bit of a stuff up, and it, as it turns out, the um, you know the uh, the motor driver um, had um, assumed that the first aid tank was was full, but it wasn't. Now the the, the procedure in the, in the fire brigade and yep. probably fire brigades around the world, is that the shift, um, the motor driver on, on, for example, the day shift, mm-hmm. one of the things that he or she has to do is fill the first aid tank. And then, of course, when the motor driver comes on for the night shift, they then get the pump to work, um, put it into gear, and always, as far as I'm concerned, and know protocols, probably universal fire brigade protocols for motor drivers is that you get the first aid to work and you check the gauges and you can see quite clearly um, whether the tank's full and you don't. And if it's not, then you, you fill it at the station. But who's, I mean, who's... But who's responsibility? 
Well, yeah. it's the responsibility of the the shift that's gone off to have filled up the first aid tank. Yep. But it's also the responsibility of the oncoming motor driver to check that it's full. That, that now, was my question. For yeah. some r- weird, weird reason, um, and we don't know the circumstances, um, they turned out to that emergency at two in the morning with no water on board, which is so terrible because the other bad thing about that story is that if you're out in the bush, which is where yeah. they were, yeah, the chances of finding a hydrant are none and Buckley's. That's correct. So you'd have to wait for a, a backup second yep. vehicle, second yep. responder. But if a car's alight in the bush, you know, and imagine the extreme uh, trauma of uh, having to go through that particular story. I mean, it's tough for me telling the story. My question, I guess, and I'm sure that listeners will be I'm sure that listeners will be wondering the same thing, and that is what happens to the people who fucked up because at this point uh, a girl has died needlessly because people weren't paying attention. So who who pays for this? Who Do you know what I'm saying? Probably no one. Probably. Why? Well, you know, some things in life are just, uh, you know, try, people try to forget these things but you've also got to appreciate that um you know the other people at that look it's not my story it's not my but i'm saying no no but i'm just saying that i've got permission to tell the story but i've told it in fairly circumspect circumspect uh ways i guess what i'm saying yeah I i just think that it's important that people feel that if someone in a position like that does the wrong thing then well the chances of that happening nowadays and nothing coming of it are almost um, impossible, and that's the problem with uh, looking at the cold hard facts in court, which has to happen. But it's a big thing for prosecutors and defence counsel and a jury and a judge to be judging and and trying to come up with the best possible result. Imagine actually being there, and that's one of the problems. For example, when police uh, shoot someone, okay the trauma at the time and then you hear it all the time well why didn't the police do this why didn't they why didn't they like you weren't there you don't know what's things are happening so quickly yeah did you ever see anything where you thought okay i hope there's some comeuppance and there were did you ever see that kind of that kind of thing pan out paul i in the police force um as you know i got to see some extraordinary things and occasionally um Look, I don't believe all the chickens come home to roost, but I also yeah. believe that um, I kind of actually do believe in karma to a degree, kind of. But life's a funny thing. I mean, it's it's a mystery. And uh, but these are all stories um, out there. There are lots of things that happen in the emergency services that will never ever be told. <clears throat> but it's not just emergency services. I mean, in all occupations, things happen. And yeah. um, and people weigh up, you know, is it worth? I mean, look look what happens to whistleblowers. I mean, people honestly would be considering quite often, is it really worth it? Yeah. Is it really worth ruining my life for the greater good? And yes, you might expose something, but you're miserable for the rest of your life, and so is your family. Like honestly, and these are big things to consider. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I was given that 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 story, and I really appreciate and my good friend he knows 
I mean, I just had to wait patiently for over a year for him to say I could tell it. And I was quite shocked yeah. a few days ago when he said I can tell the story. Yeah. Mm. But the thing is, Paul, there'd be a lot. There are, there'd be quite a few stories like that out okay. there. Okay. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, these are these are big topics. Yeah. So again, in terms of how things are going, you know, with people in general at this time, that's why I'm. I was slightly reticent also to to sort of bring people down. But as long as people can, you know, can benefit from hearing the stories, um, I think they can. I think they yeah. can. I think it's. I think it's really helpful to know uh, that these. You know, it's. It's unbearably tragic, and I'm sure a lot of people will be very upset. But at the same time. It did happen, and things like this do happen, and I guess it's important for everyone to be really vigilant. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's people in emergency services who have seen un- incredible things, and just haven't felt comfortable, you know, coming out and saying anything. But mm. think about the poor emergency service people that are with this guy. It's like when I was under the train with that lady. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to her, trying to sort of comfort her, but it's like you're. You're you're with them and you're comforting, but you really do know. Yeah. You actually know that they're not going to survive. Yeah. But it's your duty. And who wouldn't try and make them their their last minutes? I've often thought about if ever, and this is a little bit kind of morbid, kind of interesting, and I've often thought if I had a, if I was hit by a truck or a car Mm -hmm. um, and I was unconscious and I knew I was pretty, pretty bad, um, you know, sometimes, and I'd love to hear from particularly emergency service people or people that have been at the scenes of pretty bad accidents, imagine that there would be people that think they're going to die and perhaps do die. Yeah. But can you imagine if they actually say to someone passing by or helping them, look, I'd like you to, like these are my, my last wishes or words and will you please convey to someone that I love them or whatever. I mean, that's right. pretty... And there are police and fires and ambos and just members of the public um, that are, um, you know, at that special time. Yeah. And it's really important. Um, um, it's a weird thought, but... I think this has been a pretty intense episode of Loose Units, but I think a very important one. I hope everyone's doing okay out there. Obviously, emergency services is an incredibly complex... You know, it's a very complex job and, God, I have so many feelings to process after that episode. Um, Dad, thank you uh, to you, but also thank you to your friend who felt, you know, safe enough to be able to share that story with you. Mm. Um, I think yeah. that's really good. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Loose Units, Hot Stuff Coming Through. We are going to have another Loose Ends episode up the tail end of this week. It's the weekly bonus episode where Dad and I basically, you know, answer your questions and sort of just hang out and make sure that you're all doing okay during the quarantine. So make sure you tune in this Friday for more Loose Ends. If you haven't already done so, head back and re-listen to all of our old episodes because the back catalogue is getting really expansive. And what's going to happen is Dad and I are going to be referencing cases from previous episodes. So if you want to catch up on the whole thing, it's right there for you now on iTunes and Spotify. We hope you're doing all right, and we will see you very soon for more Loose Units. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.